Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. Not a terribly long time ago, there was a group of Japanese tourists, younger in age, who decided to go to Australia. And uh, kids, as you are going, we're going to have to finish this story when you get back. So ask your parents about the Japanese tourists that went to Australia and see if they listen. Let's celebrate our kids as they leave. We love them. Parents, they're going to be in the next building over, so you just get a chance to relax. How about that? We're putting them in a whole different space. So anyway, back to the Japanese tourists. These Japanese tourists uh, rented a Hyundai and uh, started to drive around Australia, and they were following their GPS on their phones. They decided on the east coast of Australia, they were going to go from the mainland to an island uh, that was just off of the coast. And so they started and asked their GPS how to get there, and their GPS began to take them to the island. And the GPS took them on a paved road that turned into a gravel road that a couple miles later turned into a muddy road that then turned into a deep, muddy road full of water. What the GPS didn't realize was that it was a nine-mile marshland between the island and the mainland of Australia. And at low tide, you could conceivably walk across, but at high tide, it was impossible. What the Japanese tourists did in their panic was they decided to deviate off of the GPS's trail And before they knew it, they were 50 yards into the bay. Their car started to float as tides started to rise, and they realized that they had to abandon ship, vehicle, and wade their way back to land. And the passers-by in the ferry were staring at them in amazement. How did a car make it this far into the bay? The answer to the question is, they just followed their GPS. They trusted That the map they were using was full of truth. Because if you think about GPSs, right, there's something nowadays that we can trust. Because the information that they get is housed in satellites that are circling the planet, that are getting updated information in real time from thousands and thousands of data points, the cars and other GPSs driving over millions and millions of miles of road. It's coordinating and understanding things that our one little brain could never coordinate and understand, and it's sending back that information to us through our screens that we trust to be true, unless you're one of those people that don't trust their GPS. It says turn left, and you're like, no, that can't be right. There's a better way. For 100 years, I've been driving to the right, not to the left. I know where I'm going better than this computer. And everyone who's like 30 and under is like, why don't you trust the GPS? And you're like, you can never trust those things. But you think about it, we we value those things as truth-filled until they're not. Until they land us in the middle of a bay in Australia. The same is true as 
for people trying to understand the Bible. The psalmist talks about the Bible as a lamp unto our feet, as a light unto our path. It is the map that guides the Christian life, and we Christians depend on the Bible to be true, as truth. And that's great, unless it is not. And for millions and millions of people, over centuries of time, they have valued the words in the Bible as truth. Yet there are others that look at the Bible and say that it is fiction. So the question that we want to address tonight in the time that we have together is simply this. Can I trust the Bible? Can I trust the Bible? And the reason we're having this conversation this evening is because we are in part three of our Welcome Home series, Together Making Our Values Visible. And we are talking about during these series things that are valuable to us as a church. What does Branch Life Church value? We want to be known by our values. When someone brings up our name, we want them to know and understand certain things about this, and we want to live these values out together, just like your family is known for what it values. So if you are a regular part of Branch Life, this is a helpful reminder for you about what we value. If you are a guest visiting our family tonight, you are considered a part of this family this evening. We invite you into this discussion. And if someday you're going to be adopted into the Branch Life family, we want you to know and be ready for the values that we have as we live them out together. The values that we're talking about during this course of the series come from different points of the, in Scripture, but they can be seen together in, in various spots. And one of the most famous places in John 3.16, one of the most famous verses in the Bible that was read in different languages for you as we started this talk together. Let's say this verse in unison. For God so loved the world, he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Last week we talked about our first value, which is simply relentless prayer. We want to be a church that depends on God, the one that powers us and enables us, and we are invited into his presence if we humble ourselves and realize we don't have all the answers, we don't have all the wisdom, we don't have all the power, but he does. And God listens to us, he forgives us, and he has the power to accomplish anything. That's why prayer is powerful, because our God is powerful. Last week, we said to you that we have a resource called our Pray First Journals, and we had run out. We have been restocked. So if you don't have a prayer first journal or if you had one and you lost it or the one that you have is falling apart, we want to invite you to take one of these. If you have a friend that wants, you want to give one to, please, please, please grab one of these before you leave. They're in the front here and they're at the offering box tables on your way out. But we really genuinely believe in praying and praying first. If you missed that conversation, we want to invite you to uh, view it online. You can go to our website. You can go to our YouTube channel. You can go to our podcast or Spotify. All this stuff amazes me. You can subscribe to all of those things. Uh, you can do it even now if this one's more boring and jump into the conversation that we had last week. We value relentless prayer, but look at the other values that are here. We value truth found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. We value cultural connection for God so loved who? The world. And then he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. That matters to us. We value radical generosity. He gave not just a little bit, but his only son. 
We want to be a generous church and a generous people. We value togetherness. Whosoever is invited. Whosoever can be a part of our family. We value multiplication. Whosoever believes. And you heard Josh's story when he was five years old. He believed. He believed in Jesus. And he is now a follower of Jesus Christ. And we want to invite all kinds of people to become followers of Jesus Christ. Even you, if you're here tonight and you're not sure if you're a Christian, you're not sure if you're saved, we want to invite you to believe. And maybe tonight's conversation can help you with that. So we want to jump into this, these, two of these core values tonight, and we'll do some more next week. But the value that we're focusing on this evening is the value of truth. And I think if anybody was having a logical discussion and you were sitting across the table from them and you said, hey, is truth important to you? Everyone would look back and say, yes, I think truth is important. We all are on a mission to find out what is true. And when it's true, we can, we can be informed. We can make good choices and do, uh, follow follow the path that truth sets for us. There is safety in truth, but when it's untruth, there is danger. And if we dedicate our lives to something that is untrue, that can have devastating effects. It could be a waste, or it could be even dangerous. I think about some famous characters in history that represented their positions as true. You know, the guy with the horrible mustache, and the horrible philosophy of life that he decided that his Aryan race was better than the Jewish race or all other races. And somehow, in his charismatic persuasion, he was able to garner the support of an entire nation to his position. And even recruit other allies to his position that was, we are better than other people. And then start an entire world war. And and completely have people participate in celebrating genocide. And we look back at that and we say, that's crazy. What, what was going on there? Why would people have any part of that? Because there were people convinced that the words and the philosophy and the thinking that this man was laying out was truth. But it was untruth. It was lies. And it led to some horrible, horrible, horrible actions. The word fundamentalist is being thrown around and not in a good way because the terrorists that are terrorizing the entire world today would identify themselves as fundamentalists in their belief. And the reason that they are spreading terror, the reason they are killing people is because people don't believe what they believe. And they hold on to their belief system in such a passionate and radical way that they are willing to execute anyone who has a different belief system because they believe that what they are pursuing is truth. But it is not. It is a lie. It's like when your car tells you to turn left into the bay, and you shouldn't. Truth is important. So when we come to a discussion about truth, what do we value at Branch Life as truth? We value the pursuit of truth. We value the questioning of truth. We value the discussion of truth. We value logical and reasonable thinking. We value we value the pursuit of what is true and what is untrue. And we have come to the conclusion as a church that the Lord Jesus Christ represents truth incarnate. Represents a God of truth. And we believe as a church that the Lord Jesus Christ has then given us the Bible. The word of truth. 
but we need to ask ourselves a reasonable question. Is the Bible really true? Is the Bible really true? Can we know for sure that this book is not just one of many religious books out there, that this just isn't something that somebody cooked up over time and claimed to be true, and we are blindly following those claims maybe into the middle of a bay? Can we really, really believe that the Word of God, that the Bible is the actual words of God, that the Bible is without error, that the Bible has, is infallible, and that the Bible is inspired by the Spirit of God? How can we know for certain that this book that we are following as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ is true? Whenever you have this discussion, you're going to hear a lot of different answers. And there's going to be a lot of different lines of argument and some different reasoning that people are going to point to. And I think some of those discussions are very valuable. We don't have time tonight to talk about all of these things. I'm going to give you a little hint about when we can talk about them in the future. And, and people will talk about history, and they'll talk about science, and they'll talk about textual criticism, and they'll talk about authors being inspired by the Spirit of God and being moved along by the Spirit of God. They'll talk about the lack, uh, the, the consistency in and through Scripture. They'll talk about the, the, the message that's the same from Genesis all the way to Revelation. They'll talk about how it's been preserved over centuries and over time, even miraculously. They'll talk about how we have the words of Scripture from a very, very early on. It's one of the best, most well historical, historically documented books of all time. And all of those things are valuable. And they are only valuable if it is in fact true that the Bible is truth. And tonight what I want to present to you is a very simple, singular explanation for why we believe the Bible is true. And if you understand this thought tonight, you can take all of those other lines of argument, you can take all of those other uh, ways of thinking about Scripture, and you can use them to test this theory. Because I believe if the Bible is true, it will stand up to all of those tests. Let me put it this way. If the Bible was untrue, it would be pretty simple to prove that. If this was full of lies, if this was made up, if this was fiction then it would be pretty reasonable it would be pretty reasonable to think that someone could just expose that with all of the insight and technology that we have with all the advances that we've made in our society maybe we could come to something that's untrue and prove that it is not true however that has yet to be done in any of those levels that we've talked about why because if it is true it will stand those tests but how can we be completely convinced that the books that we have here that are called Scripture are the words from God. And here's the answer. And I want to just focus on it just for a second so that you know this is the most important part of our talk tonight. The reason we believe the Bible is true, the reason we know the Bible is true, is because Jesus rose from the dead. The reason we know the Bible is true is because Jesus rose from the dead. I want you to think about something. All of the Old Testament is pointing to a coming Messiah that's going to be the Savior of the world. This coming Messiah is going to be born in a certain place in a certain time. He's going to live a certain life. He's going to be actually God's son, and he's going to save the world. 
He's going to conquer sin and death. He's going to be victorious over death. And the Old Testament is talking about this. And everybody who is a part of the Old Testament is looking forward to the coming Messiah. And then we have the New Testament. And the New Testament is all about Jesus Christ who was born, who claimed to be that Messiah. And the central claim of Scripture is that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the Son of God, that he lived a sinless life, that he died on the cross for our sins, and that he rose from the dead. That is an incredibly illogical claim because people don't raise from the dead. It just doesn't happen. We don't see it. It's never been experienced in our lifetime that anyone got up after being dead. But the claim of the Bible is that there's a guy named Jesus who actually did that. Now, if the Bible is not true, then Jesus did not raise from the dead. But if Jesus rose from the dead... Oh man, oh man, if that actually happened, holy smokes, then everything that the Bible talks about could be true. You know, in the, the Apostle Paul, a follower of Jesus who gave us some books in the New Testament, said this, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. If Jesus did not raise from the dead, then we are wasting our time. Burn the books. Don't follow it. Don't be a part of a church. Don't get baptized. Don't believe in Jesus. There's probably nothing after death. If Jesus didn't raise from, the, raise from the dead, then this is all pointless. The foundation of our faith is not a book. The foundation of our faith is an event. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The foundation of our faith is a person. A person who was God, Jesus Christ himself. And from that foundation, we build our beliefs. And because Jesus rose from the dead, we believe the Bible. Jesus said this to his disciple John. He said, in a prayer to God, sanctify them, my disciples. Sanctify them, grow them, help them to become more like you. Give them the ability to walk as you would walk. Sanctify them in the truth. Jesus said this, your word is truth. Jesus' claim about Scripture is that it was true. And if Jesus rose from the dead, that means he is God. That means he is who he said he was and that he himself is truth. If Jesus rose, I've got to believe what he said. Just the other day, I was talking to some friends, and they don't really believe in the Bible. And so they were having a discussion with me, and, and we were having a great discussion. I love having these discussions. I have them all the time. It's a part of the privilege of being a Christian, part of the privilege of being a pastor. And I think it's a great question when someone comes up and says, how do you know the Bible's true? Or I'm struggling with believing that the Bible is actually the word of God. Help me understand what you think. And so we get to have a great discussion about this stuff. And the, the question that I often like to ask after someone says, I'm not sure if I believe the Bible, is do you believe that in Jesus? Because the answer to that question is going to be extremely helpful. If the person challenging the truth of scripture says to me, I do believe in Jesus. I believe that Jesus died and that he rose again from the dead. Then I say to them, you have to believe the Bible. But if they don't believe in Jesus, let's start there. Let's start with that discussion. We can have a very powerful, intelligent, intellectual discussion about whether or not Jesus rose from the dead. If you're here today and you're like, how do you know for sure that Jesus rose from the dead? There's all kinds of evidence that we can bring to you to show you that there was a man named Jesus who lived, 
that there was a man named Jesus who died on a cross and was put in a tomb. He was verified as dead by hundreds of eyewitnesses. He lied in the tomb for three days, and three days later, people went to the tomb, and the tomb was found empty. And over the course of the next few weeks and months, Jesus appeared alive to over 500 people, 500 eyewitnesses. There was an entire city named Jerusalem full of skeptics, full of people who had just crucified Jesus. And in the moments, in the months after Jesus' life, that entire town turned around and started believing that there was a man named Jesus who was dead, who rose from the dead, and they became Jesus' followers. And a movement started. A movement started in that moment in time. The disciples of Jesus, who were hiding because they thought their teacher died, became emboldened and started spreading the message that Jesus rose from the dead, even to their death. Why would anyone do that? They didn't make any money. They didn't have any profit in it. They simply claimed and believed the truth that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe Jesus rose from the dead because I experienced a personal relationship with him. I talk with him. I commune with him. We, I listen to his conversation when he speaks to me through his word. I feel his presence. He guides me. He instructs me. He comforts me. He gives me wisdom and peace. And I can't explain that to you unless you've experienced it yourself. But I believe that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not only a faith fact, but it's an historical fact that can be proven through historical means. And when Jesus said, sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth, it needs to be taken as truth. I want you to ask yourself this question. Why are there four books in the New Testament that are all dedicated to the same topic, Jesus? Four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they're all four about the exact same thing. The birth, the prediction, the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection, the teaching, and ascension of Jesus. All four books. Four books about the exact same thing. Why? Because it's extremely important. There's not four books about the beginning of the world. There's one. There's not four books about the end of the world. There's one. There's not four books about how to build a church. There's not four books about how to have a marriage relationship. There's not four books about songs. There's there's one for each. But there are four books about one topic, and that's Jesus. Why are there four books? Because Jesus is the anchor of everything. Now, in the story of the gospel, Jesus' opinion about the word of God is shared over and over and over again. What did Jesus think about Scripture? Specifically, in this moment, what did he think about the Old Testament? In Matthew alone, and I couldn't bring up all the verses, but just a spattering of them. In Matthew, Jesus calls the Bible the commandments of God. He says that none, not one mark or stroke will pass away, talking about Scripture. He said, read that which was spoken to you by God. He talked about Scripture as spoken by God. He talked about Jonah and the whale as an actual event. No, come on, Pastor Josh, that one can't be real. Someone had to make that up. That's got to be a metaphor for something super important. Well, according to Jesus, it happened. Jesus talked about Adam and Eve as real figures. Jesus talked and quoted Psalms over and over again as the words of God. And Jesus verified that David wrote the Psalms. Jesus talked about the words of God. He talked about Moses and the burning bush as an actual event. Jesus quoted scripture and the verse of Psalms over and over again. He talked about creation in Adam and Eve. And in Mark, he quoted 1 Samuel as true. 
in Luke, he talked about Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot's wife. Remember, she turned into salt. Wasn't a great story. He talked about Cain and Abel as historical characters. He talked about Noah's Ark and the flood as really happening. He talked and opened and used scriptures often. And he, told, he said, I told you everything written about me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms. He talked about the Old Testament as truth. And then in John, he said, scripture cannot be broken. He said, the Israelites wandered in the wilderness. He said, your word is truth, and you search the scriptures that testify about me. And he talked about Abraham as a historical figure. You know, Jesus, when looking back at the Old Testament, knew that we were going to struggle with a few things. Adam and Eve, Jonah and the whale, Noah and the ark. I mean, seriously, two by two in a giant boat for 40 days. I mean, is that really a thing? And he talked about all of those things as actual, true events. If he didn't raise from the dead, he's just nuts. But if he rose from the dead, he's God. And these things are true. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets, the first five books of the Old Testament and the rest of the Old Testament. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one iota, not one dot, not one stroke will pass away from the law until it is all accomplished. Jesus believed that the scriptures were the words of God. We believe that the Old Testament is the word of God because Jesus believed that the Old Testament is the word of God. And the books that came after Jesus' life, the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all the, all the letters written by the Apostle Paul, uh, the ending letters written by John himself in the book of Revelation, all of these books were written by someone that had a direct connection to Jesus, and they're simply testifying of his life and words and teaching. They're taking the true teaching of Jesus and writing it out for us. And if that's the case, when Timothy, connected to Paul, connected to Christ, says that all scripture is God-breathed and is profitable, he's talking about the Old and the New Testament. 66 books written by 40 different authors with the same theme, that show the same continuity, that represent Jesus. Not a bunch of random books that a bunch of people got together, but books that God himself has brought together for us. Why do we believe the Bible? Because Jesus rose from the dead. Here at Branch Life, because God has made himself known, because God has made the gospel known and the purpose of the church known through his word, Branch Life Church is committed to the message, authority, and the power of the Bible. We believe in it. It's our value. It's a passion for us. Whenever we get together, we're going to open it. Whenever, whenever we need counsel, we're going to discover that in God's word. We're going to hold true to it. We're going to be corrected by it and rebuked by it. We're going to be built up with it. We believe in the truth of the Bible, and it matters to us as a church. And if you're a part of the Branch Life Church family, we ask you to affirm that and to live that out, that you would have a relationship with God that includes regular interaction with God's very words. If God wrote a book then I've got to know this book. If God wrote a book and it's full of truth and life, then I've got to participate in reading this book for myself, with my group, and in my church. I need to love the words of God, cherish the words of God, obey the words of God, and live by the word of God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let's fall back in love with the words of God because if Jesus rose from the dead, then these words have the power to change and save lives. These words are the very words of life. 
And they will never return empty or void in our lives. So we encourage everyone who's a regular part of Branch Life Church to spend time knowing and understanding and reading God's word. Listen to the spirit of God through the words of God and grow in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if God wrote a book and if it's true, then this becomes the most powerful tool that I have for Christian living. This becomes the most powerful tool that I have for a Christian witness and a Christian influence. And it guides my life. Branch Life member, are you regularly involved in reading God's word? Tonight, if you struggle opening God's word on a regular basis, I want you to confess that and commit to doing better and to doing more and to allowing this truth to guide your life. And if you're here tonight and you're skeptical and you say, you know what, I don't know. I don't know if I believe in the Bible. Then tonight, I want you to consider the person of Jesus. I want you to open your mind and open your thought to this this possible truth that there was a man who rose from the dead and he's inviting you into a personal relationship with him. The power of the gospel can change your life. And when you believe in the person of Jesus, you will be able to see this book as truth. But until you see the person of Jesus, this will always be a struggle. This will always be hard for you to grasp and understand because Jesus is is the key. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, if you're not a follower of Jesus, tonight I want to invite you in. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us so that our sins could be forgiven and that we could have an eternal home with him in heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And tonight I invite you to believe in the name of the Lord Jesus. I want you to turn your attention to some thoughts here on the screen. If you have a few moments and you want to write any questions or any prayer requests or reactions on your card, you can do that now. And then after this video, we're going to have one more, one more point of discussion. It's going to be a little dark. Don't let that freak you out to help you remember what we've talked about tonight. The God who said, let light shine out of darkness loves to speak light into hearts and minds. God wrote a book, and with his book, these words in front of us, he wakens our dead, bored souls. He frees us from bondage to sin, from desires that rob us of life. He comforts the depressed, inspires the discouraged, guides the confused, He empowers us to make our lives count for his cause in the world. He satisfies us completely and forever with words, his words. So will I read my Bible tomorrow? Where else would I go? How else will I know him? How else will I prepare myself to enjoy him forever? Yes, I'll spend the rest of my life looking out of this window, watching, waiting for another sight of him, another miracle, another glimpse of my God.
How do we know that the Bible is true? How can we as limited human beings with the flaws that we have, with the limited experience that we have, with the limited knowledge we have ever grasp something as magnificent as the words of God himself? How can we know truth? We can't. We don't have that ability. The ability to know and understand and comprehend truth only comes from one place and one source, and that is God himself. It's a miraculous event that takes place in the life of any believer at the moment of salvation to be able to know and realize truth. And it only comes from the light shining in the darkness, the light of the glory of God shining into this dark world and into our dark souls. The psalmist wrote in his song in 19 verse 20, the heavens declare the glory of God. And in creation, we begin to see the light of God's glory. We begin to realize that there has to be something greater than us, smarter than us, outside of us, relaying information to us. There has to be something glorious and spectacular for little old us and this little old planet to exist in this massively big universe. The truth about God is plain to anyone who sees creation. John, the friend of God, Recording God's own word says this about Jesus. The word became flesh, man, and he, God, dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, his light shining around for all to see in this darkness, in this time, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In the person of Jesus Christ, we were able to see God in flesh. We can speak to him and hear him, understand him, hear his teaching with our own ears, see his works and his miracles with our own eyes, and be impacted by his power through the might of the resurrection, through the work of Jesus Christ. The glory of God now shines in this darkness, and we begin to comprehend truth a little bit more. 2 Corinthians, Paul said, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Before we know Jesus Christ, we are incapable of understanding and seeing truth because the God of this world wants to keep us from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ who is the image of God and the glory, the light of Jesus Christ is known in the great truth of the gospel and the gospel is simply this, it's good news. The good news was given to people when Jesus first rose from the dead. Your sins can be forgiven. You can have a relationship with God. You can turn from walking in a worldly way and you can turn towards God. If you repent of your sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive you your sins. It's good news. It's good news that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's good news that he rose again from the dead. And it's good news that you can trust in him as your savior by faith through grace alone. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to work for salvation. You just believe in the gospel. And the gospel shines like a light. 
and the glory of God in creation and the glory in God in the person of Jesus Christ and the glory of God in the gospel shines onto God's word. I don't believe in Jesus because the Bible tells me about Jesus. I believe the Bible because Jesus tells me about the Bible. Jesus is the foundation of our faith. We at Branch Life believe the Bible because we believe in Jesus. Are you a follower of Jesus? Have you put your faith and trust in him? Jesus loves you so much that he died for you. There's no sin so great. There's no past so horrible that God will not accept you and forgive you and love you as one of his very own. That God will not allow you to step into the family of God. You can have rejected God for an entire lifetime. All he asks is that you come to him and believe and he will adopt you into his family. Believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and the glory of the gospel will shine the light of truth into your heart and into your life. And truth will overwhelm your soul. Are you tired of going through life alone? Are you tired of not being able to have hope and no strength? Of things being broken? Well, a relationship with God repairs all of those things that sin has broken. Confess your sin. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Let's pray. Dear God and Heavenly Father, as we sit in this moment and we think about the truth of Scripture, we ask God that you would cement this into our souls and our spirits and our minds. Lord, if there's any here that don't know you as personal Savior, God, we pray that even now you would lead them to yourself with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm not going to embarrass anyone. I just want to talk directly to you in the quietness of this moment. If you're here tonight and you're not sure if you're saved, but you would like to make sure, if you're here tonight and you feel the Spirit leading you into a relationship with Jesus, I want to invite you into that relationship. In the quietness of this moment, I want to invite you to have a conversation with God and just tell him these simple things. Just say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner and I am sorry for my sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and he rose again for me. And I want to ask him into my life. I want to ask him to save me. I trust in him for my salvation. I want to be a part of the family of God. And tonight, if you've prayed that prayer, if you've had that discussion, the words don't save you, the belief does. If you've believed in your spirit and decided to become a follower of Jesus, then he has adopted you into the family. If you're here tonight and you're still wrestling with that, after the service, there's going to be some prayer team members here in the front, and you can come up and just talk to them, and they'll pray with you and talk with you. And if you want to make sure of your salvation, or if you have any questions, they can just answer them for you. They'd love to do that. We want to invite you into that conversation before you leave. And if you want to keep exploring, we invite you to just be a part of Branch Life on a regular basis each and every week that we're gathering together. We're all on a spiritual journey. For those of you here that are believers in Lord Jesus Christ, tonight I hope it's been an encouragement to you, the value of truth and the value of God's word. Tonight, will you reaffirm your commitment to the word of God? Will you reaffirm your relationship with Jesus and, and tell God that you want to spend time knowing and reading and understanding his word so that you can grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? As important as eating three meals a day, it's important to be reading God's word every day. So start somewhere and start with a conversation with God. And if you need prayer for that, you can write that on your cards. 
and just say, hey, I need prayer and, and for doing better at reading God's word. I need advice or I need a reading plan and we'll see that and we'll get connected with you. Just communicate that with us on your cards tonight. God, we thank you again for this conversation. Your precious holy name we pray, amen. Now, as we close, I wanna thank you for, for listening and celebrating with us tonight. There's actually two values that we talk about and once we have truth and if we believe that the truth of God's word is important, then the second value comes up. We have to take truth and we have to show it to the world today in a way that they understand. So at Branch Life, we believe in cultural connection. We believe in taking the truth of God's word and connecting it to our world today. We want to present truth in a way that's easy to understand. We want to present truth uh, over and over again to our generation and our town and the people that we know. We want everyone in Pottstown and the surrounding areas of Pottstown to have repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel. And so we're going to use thing, we're going to use lots of different ways to communicate truth. We're not stuck in one delivery method of truth. It may not be the best thing to have one guy talk for 45 minutes over and over again, but we do believe in the preaching the word. We want to use videos and technology and creativity to show the message of God's love. We want to use social media and whatever other technology comes along to be able to spread truth into our day and our age. And we want to take this truth and we want to apply it to real life situations in real life time. And we want the truth of God's word to matter to you and to change the way that you live today and that you can change the way other people live. Remember, God loved the world. And when God gave his son, he sent his son into the world. And Jesus sat with sinners. He sat with people who rejected his ideas and he loved them. And he told us to do the same. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All nations, all cities, all places need the truth of the word of God. And our job at Branch Life Church is to take the truth into our nations, into our cities, into our neighborhoods, and take it in a way that people can understand it, because without connection, there is no understanding. So we want to present the truth of God's word in a, in a way that is relative, in a way that matters, in a way that makes sense to today's culture and today's generation and to tomorrow's culture and to tomorrow's generation. Connection empowers comprehension of the truth. At Branch Life Church, we value this and we seek to creatively and powerfully communicate the deep truths of God's word in a way that's easily understood and practically applied. We want to give you deep stuff. We want to answer big questions. We want to do it in a way that makes sense. We want to do it in a way that enables you to bring other people that you're talking to and have them understand what's happening. You know, in our culture today, there's four things that matter. There's four values that matter right now, and so they matter to us. Welcoming environments matter. It just matters in America today that the environment they come into is welcoming. That's why some of you are involved in opening doors and getting coffee ready and making sure the kids have a good check-in, smiling and waving in the parking lot, making sure that there's a nice place to seat and there's music being played. It's a welcoming environment. And if you serve on any of those host teams, we thank you for it. And if you want to help us be more welcoming, please sign up because this is a cultural value that matters. Passionate worship matters. Music matters. People care about music and they want to do music in a way that they can connect with. If you're a senior saint and you're in here today, you have music that you love. We want to play that music. 
We want to sing holy, 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 and great is thy faithfulness, and it is well with my soul. And if you're in your 20s today and you're like, I don't know any of those songs. I only know the song I heard on the radio. We want to play that one too. We want to have passionate worship and take all of these songs that are from our culture and our day and give them to the Lord and allow it to be a comfortable place for people to see the passion of God in our singing. And we want to safely engage kids. The safety of kids matter today. And when a parent comes to church for the first time, they have to be able to trust the people they're giving their kids to and know that they're going to be safe and know that they're going to be taken care of and we know that their kids are going to have a great time and they're going to uh, appreciate the time that they've had together. And we have some amazing branch kid workers who do just this, provide safe and engaging environments for our kids. And another cultural value that matters today is effective communication, saying things in a way that makes sense and keeps my attention in a, in a time when attention is a hard thing to keep. And so these things matter to us as a church. We're asking you, in light of all these things, to not come to church alone. Let's live by this one principle. Let's, let's be dedicated to opening our church to everyone. And we are the instruments of that welcoming environment. We are the ones that are the inviters and the bringers and the connectors of people to our church. So pray this simple prayer that you would be able to come with someone every time you come to Branch Life. And our commitment is that we'll have a welcoming environment. We will passionately work, worship. We will take care of their kids in a safe and engaging way. And we will speak and communicate in a way that they will understand and appreciate. That's what we want to be as a church that values cultural connection. Where do I start? It starts with one. Maybe you take that little circle card and you hand it to someone this week. Maybe you just pray the same name over and over again. Last week we stopped and we prayed for your one. We asked God to show you one name that you could faithfully witness to maybe even this week. And wouldn't you know that was Sunday night and on Monday night, one of our core team's ones got saved. They came to Christ. We prayed for him 24 hours earlier. And in 24 hours, God said yes. And that can be your story, your one. Let it start with one, that we pray, that we invest, and that we invite people to relationship with Christ. So here's how you respond this week. When will you read the Bible? When will you take time to spend in God's word this week? What will you read? Where will you open it to? What's your plan? Where are you going to go about doing it? Let us know, and we'll pray that over you. And who's your one? Who's somebody that you're praying for every day to come to Christ? And we encourage you to pray for three names every day, and that bless people throughout the week by investing in those relationships, acts of kindness, showing the love of God, and then inviting them to Christ, inviting them to the kingdom, and inviting them to church. If you'd like to get baptized, you can let us know. If you prayed to accept Jesus as your personal Savior tonight, would you please let us know that on your card? We'd love to do that. We have some gifts for you. And if you're interested in joining Branch Life Church, uh, you can become a regular part. Uh, let us know that you're interested in that. We have more to say about how you know the Bible is true, so we're going to say it tomorrow night at 9 o'clock on Facebook and Instagram Live, and you can join us for that discussion. We'll get into some more specifics. If you have any questions for that live event, you can go ahead and ask it on your card, and then we will be sure to answer that during the live streaming process. These live streams have been awesome, and they've been amazing. Uh, last year alone, we've had over 500 engagements on the live streams throughout the week, so um, God's doing some cool stuff. Thank you so much for being a part of tonight's discussion, and uh, we hope that you can celebrate with us as we sing this last song together and then are dismissed from this place.